Welcome to the Lyrical and Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Jari. And I'm Aaron. Today for you, we have an album review on the speaker box slash the love beloved by your favorite, Outcast. Yes, sir. All right, Aaron, you want to start with the history? Oh, um, dang, the history. Uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the speaker box and the love below. First is a double album. Um, a lot of people don't know that. So it only has like one side of it is entirely Big Boy and the other side is entirely Andre 3000. They'll both have like features of the other within their album. Mm-hmm. And Big Boy primarily went for like the gangster approach to like southern rap approach to the album. Mm-hmm. While uh, Andre kind of looked at more, more I guess emotional things that aren't really considered mm-hmm. in like gangster rap at the time. Yeah. 2004 was a big time for like Atlanta Atlanta rap kind of playing on the map. It was on the Madden. It was on the Madden game based off of Spearbox and like ATL rap in general. That was the cover that Michael Vick was on. So it was like heavy on the ATL, mm-hmm. heavy on the South. And yeah, it is the only, and I do mean the only uh, rap album ever to win the album of the year Grammy, which is like kind of crazy for music because of all the significant like rap albums that come out um, mm-hmm. and just albums in general. The fact that literally nobody else has ever had an album be winning the Grammy, like the entire rap album of the year is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, as I was, I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this is, you can tell why it yeah. won. You know, album of the year, but it was a. This is a pretty big fucking album. Yeah, you kind of have to. You. you gotta like. You have to really listen, a few times, listen deep, listen hard and stuff because it's a pretty good album. Mhm. And I suggest anybody listening here take your time out. Of, take some time out of your day. Just listen to it. Just no, experience one of the greatest rap albums ever created. Honestly. Alright, uh, you wanna go down the song list? Yeah, I mean, obviously the intros are the intros. Nothing really special, just pretty. Yeah, I, th- pretty, I thought like, it was a pretty interesting redu- introduction to Kind of like upbeat, kind of. I want to say, I don't want to say like. I don't know, odd. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd. And definitely, definitely different, but heavy on the odd, kind of, kind of uh, drawing back to like their older album sound for, for inspiration, definitely. Yeah, it's like they're trying to like pull in the old like listeners, just so they can introduce them to a new sound. Mm, true. All right, for ghetto music, this is actually my favorite off of Speaker Box. The favorite? Yeah, that's my oh, favorite. Okay. I'm not even hold you. We love, to, we love to see it. Oh, that's actually probably the first. That's actually the first Outcast song I've ever heard because I played Madden Down the Four with my with my family. So, uh, that was one one of the only ones we had. Um. Mm-hmm. So that game was just like we were always hearing the songs, always like "Back in the Mud" by Bubba Sparks and all those things. Um, another song on the album I forgot which one is also on the album, but Ghetto Music is definitely like a really upbeat, high, high, fast paced, it's like song, kind of turned pop, mm-hmm. but rap, mm-hmm. which I really liked at the time. Yeah, and about this song, I really liked how it was like that funky style. For the beat, yeah. I was like, "Wow, this is this is kind of good." And then I also thought it was like pretty catchy because after like the next songs I was listening to on the album, I just kept remembering this song in yeah. my head. It like really stood out to me. It was kind of, and I was like, "Oh, good." I thought Big Boy's cadence is impeccable for this song, and this flow was like really nice. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I don't know why. I feel like, go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I feel like a lot of the album, um, he's, they both um, do their best, like, um, kind of feature. It's kind of really start with, mm-hmm. like, large-scale featuring. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, having a lot of people from where you're also from in your music kind of show kind of, like, different mm-hmm. parts of your, I don't know, origin place. It's, like, kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, like, the sing, they sing it with a really nice touch on the song. Yeah, to be honest. And I felt like, it was kind of like a tug of war between the two sounds, like rap and singing, but like it was not in a bad way, kind of tug of war. Like they merged together to make something like beautiful, you know. I was thinking about like I saw Speaker Box more as just like 
I want to say evolved, but like hybrid version of mm-hmm. a rap sing songy soulish thing, while also like introducing some like funky things in there. So that's definitely interesting okay, to kind of combine funk with like kind of soul. I mean, technically, like mm-hmm. funk is soul, but like kind of a more solemn soul and funk. I don't know. How to explain it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, we can move on to the next song now. Yeah, sure. Unhappy. Unhappy. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely fits with kind of the theme of what, like, Big Boy was trying to do with the song. Just, like, mm-hmm. gen- genuinely uh, unhappy and, like, kind of, I don't want to say sick of, sick of how life is, like, life as usual or whatever. Not saying that we have to, like, go deep into every song or whatever but genuinely generally that's mm-hmm. just like the main point of that song now it is a good song like you know mm-hmm. kind of like saying hey this is unhappiness this is kind of like what unhappiness means and is and like the hood like the ATL his type of mm-hmm. lifestyle and like this is the day that how he gets through that it's kind of weird because you don't really see kind of deep stuff like that like genuinely heartfelt crap like that yeah I thought this I thought this song had like amazing sounds definitely and I, I really like the use of electro it like tells a tale of probably like a different sound yeah. that you've never heard before and it kind of like brings you in cause all all like the tales of poverty songs just like kind of dreary and like yeah. dark and shit but yeah. this is kind of it's like yeah kinda, be kinda like, I was poor I didn't have anything mm-hmm. still don't have anything <laughs> type of thing <laughs> it's like uh it's like i mean it's not too like attractive not something you really want to be listening to all the time yeah yeah i thought the chorus and verses like float nicely together oh, to yeah, be honest definitely, definitely. i think i'm not sure i'm not sure who does like focus or whatever but it sounds like silo green we used to work with him a lot yeah was he on the album like lady. i'm not sure I'm not too sure was he on the, i feel like he was on the album I'm not sure. Uh, probably, I mean, like, they all work together, like, very closely, and sometimes not even, like, mm-hmm. under professional names or whatever, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he had some type of vocals on this song, uh, on this album. Yeah, I know, I know, um, the other guy did, though. The other guy? <laughs> other guy. Oh, let me think of him. The other guy. <laughs> Dad. He doesn't get a name. He's actually very important to, like, Outkast's. All of, pretty much all of their albums. Yeah, Sleepy Brown. No, it was something Brown. I didn't want to just say anything. But yeah, Sleepy <laughs> Brown, he definitely really is the chorus guy for Outkast. Like, they really mm-hmm. focus on their versus what they want to say through rap. That I remember saying in the, view, in, the, in the interview one time, like, they didn't come to the industry knowing what, like, courses were all the time. Like, that mm-hmm. wasn't, like, what was most important to them. It was more of just like really wanted to say what they wanted to say in the verse because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, low key uh, chorus is commercial uh, like equal commercial commerciality and like how well people want to listen to it like despite how well the verse is done or despite anything like that well that not saying like verses don't have any type of um commercial impact or whatever but mm-hmm. people hear the chorus first I guess what sticks with them and being able to do that was important. Yeah. And the chorus is, like, really important in the song. Because, was, you know, like, you hear it more often than a verse does. Yeah, like, you're going to hear Drake's all the time. So, mm-hmm. like, they're why he is, like, where he is. Like, you don't, you don't hear Drake verses. Like, let's be yeah, honest. You hear the not, chorus. That's not really, like, the you focal know the point of the song. Yeah, it's not really the focal point of a song in a Drake song. It's more like his choruses, because they're more like sing songs and they yeah. like get stuck in your head. Definitely. All right, for the next song we got Bowtie. Bowtie, that's my favorite song, personally. As your favorite song? Yeah. Um, they always do the horns right. Uh, for some reason. Yeah. Oh yes. Literally, I've that's never, one thing I wrote down. Never heard one song, um, where they have the. The horns be such a big part of the song. And like they always try to sound like a band kind of which is important to me it sounds really good and I like it yeah uh, it's I wouldn't say it has like a very important segment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the song and like the album as a whole but I will say that Bowtie 
definitely like puts a picture to what it means to be like a thug back then and like mm-hmm. it wasn't even thug then, it was like pimps like I guess the definition of like pimp player or whatever changes over time like mm-hmm. we definitely yeah not the we definitely the horns kind of reminded me of like New Orleans you know yeah. like the New Orleans sound yeah true not like rap in New Orleans yeah, just yeah, like yeah. The, the classic kind of New Orleans music you. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought the instruments sounded really lovely. They were, they were very beautiful. Always. All right, for the next song, a classic right here, "The Way You Move." Oh, yeah, everybody knows that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for I obvious like reasons, like it's it's obviously like a really good song. Mm-hmm. And like the verses on there are definitely solid. Like they're solid verses for like a really commercial song. Which, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody would think is the most important thing. But keeping, like, consistency throughout the album as a whole is very important. And something that Outkast does well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the horns went real hard on this song, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the chorus. Definitely set the chorus mm-hmm. on. Yeah, he like some some kind of storytelling elements. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Definitely. Like how you know how you talking about when he walked into the club. I was like, mm, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to hear. It's nice to like storytelling elements from like rappers. Yeah, I mean, also like, once again, like Sleepy Brown's inclusion in the song and like him setting off the, setting off kind of like, I want to say a different perspective of the whole thing. So like, you know, you hear Big Boy talking about whole room fell silent. You know, everybody's looking at me and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then Sleepy Brown's on the side, like, like, hey maybe what you got like you know he's talking about an entirely different thing at the same time as this whole big boy telling his whole story it's like they're both of the same like thing of the same source it's like interesting to see that yeah yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean I would hope alright for the next for the next song we have the rooster okay the rooster um, mm-hmm. actually, it was a really important song. They ended up using it, it in their uh, original movie, well, their first movie, Idlewild. Well, first and only, I think, Idlewild it came out in, like, 2006, I think. And, yeah, just, like, just, like, another solo, <laughs> another solo song that tra- raps about, like, the problems that um, people like him face in their daily lives and Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like relationships, to be honest, especially with like the relationships of you know this pimp guy who's also like a family man, which kind of speaks to like I don't know jazz influences and what makes them mm-hmm. use um what they did like the sounds they did to make the song what it is. Yeah, to be honest, I really didn't like the hook on the song. I thought for like. An outcast. Sure, I, I, I like the horns. The horn. It was more of like the horns that set off for me. Because I mean, like, it's like throwing your neck down. Like you hear the whole thing. Like I don't know. I want to say it like spoke for them. Um, mm-hmm. instead of them having to be the entire voice of the song to let the track more play. So I don't know. I appreciated that. Cause like especially with the instrumentation, it's definitely important to me. I like how you explain this, explain this stuff in the song, like what he goes through, how he's done, how, what he's been, and I really like the funky beats again. The funky beats really, are really hitting on this song. Yeah, we can make good in the next one. It's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty deep after this. Not deep, but pretty, pretty. I don't know, action packed in my opinion. This is kind of like the climax of the album. Um, Bust. Uh, it features Killer Mike. Killer Mike's always known in Outcast features for his more aggressive take on things so he's uh-huh. like kind of like introducing himself I, I don't want to say introducing at this point in the album because you know he's been a long time member of kind of just like the social circle of outcasts mm-hmm. like Goody Mob and them um and Killer Mike's just a rapper he just takes it where he wants with the song and I appreciate that and it's just like it's not even like intention rhyming you know they're just mm-hmm. they're just spinning for like for game, you know, like, it's fun. And, like, you know, just yeah, showing yeah, people what, like, they can do, kind of, like, find in their own style on purpose. Yeah, I thought this song in particular had a really nice rhyme scheme in comparison, in comparison to other songs. Yeah. They definitely... And, like, the intro reminded me, like, other intros, like, the NWA intro yeah. on 
the first straight out of Compton or straight out of Compton. It reminded me of that intro. Oh, I like that guitar in the beginning. It's like this is ominous. It's like mm-hmm. dang, what's yeah, yeah. Like, like what's coming? Ahead? Like you know, this is some new, never, never before seen things. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is gonna be hard. Like it's gonna be a good album. Um, yeah. Yeah. That ominous intro. That's how you know it's like gonna be like a kind of like hard song. You feel me? Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because if if you have like a uninteresting uh, start of a song, it's like, dang, what am I really about to listen to? Like, it's really worth putting time to. Mm-hmm. All right. For the next song, we got War. War. Pretty pretty good song. Um, has a little mm-hmm. intro thing. Kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot to this song, actually. I thought the first verse was clever as fuck, to be honest with you. Yeah. He used much, like, a different rhyme scheme. He, he like, changed it up a little bit, too, and all yeah. that. And some shit, like... Yeah, I mean... That plays on every coast, uh, the lyrical roller coaster, mind-bender, instead of watching these sucker MCs. I was like, damn, that's kind of that's kind of good, to be honest with Not you. Not, like, most of it, bro. Like, a lot of it, like, you have to take a few lessons, too, to really really understand just how deep deep it takes to really like make these mm-hmm. like really fine words that fit in with the sentence while also like rhyme and are kind of like implied rhymes that's like like wow like you know you don't really see that a lot yeah and this song he kind of like put his like rhyme schemes close together yeah. like stuff them into a sentence and I was like wow that's kind of pretty cool yeah. yeah it's also like it's a very uh Aggressive and deep, politi- yeah, politically, politically challenging song. One of the louder ones than most of of the other ones in the in the album. And that's something that Big Boy does a lot with mm-hmm. his music in general. You know, he doesn't just his his rap. Like you know, there's a reason for him talking. There's a reason for him, you know, being this, being this guy in the community. Is like you know. There's more to more to life than just rap, more to life than just all the other stuff we talking about songs. It's it's political too. Yeah, he re- Yeah, he really threw a he threw a, he really threw a left hook with this song. Cause he really like challenged like what you really think about society and what you really know. Yeah. And like have you thought about like what's really going on? He told you like think about like how like what you really gave up after like nine eleven has what freedoms you gave up. Yeah. Just in exchange for security because a lot of like the government really uses like panic to like push their agendas Definitely. right now. Mm-hmm. That's what. Definitely. Yeah, but not to get Definitely. too political, but yeah. He was like, you know, he just threw that in there. Yeah, he would just do that song in there. It just really shocks you. For the next song, we have Church. Church. That's one of my favorite songs. This is the other song that was on Madden 2004. Yeah, I kind of like it's this song like, too. Very, very home based, very like homey. Soulful, um, yeah, definitely. It's like I mean, obviously, it has a message behind it. Like, kind of, you know, how do we go about? I don't want to say like go about life and how we. How do some people be very religious while also engaging in like actions that would be considered ungodly or sinning? It's just like low key a very deep topic, much deeper than most people would think, but. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's definitely said in a really uh, light tone. Like yeah, I really like the hook in this song. The hook is very beautiful. It's kind of like once again uplifting. Yeah, once again, sleepy brown like motivational. Speaks uh, sleepy brown with the heat. Mm-hmm, coming in again, and this song like included A B rhyme schemes. Yeah, but it also included like the close rhyming and like the silhouette rhyming. Yeah, it's like and like he definitely new rappers take notes. Exactly. Because so, this is how you rap. Bro, you like switch stuff from like A, B, A, B, mm-hmm. A, C, E, E, something like that. Like always trying to like complicate the way he's rapping. And that's like a really good distinction from what rap really is to what it isn't. Like it's not just what popular sayings you can get on a piece of paper for people to say. It's... What can what can you hide in there? Like, what? How skillful can you make your writing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Alright, for the next one, we got Bamboo. Now, this is my favorite interlude. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, this is my favorite right here. Bamboo? Nah, I kinda like, I kinda like Love Blues better, but Bamboo's definitely an important song, you know? Sun's hopping in nah, the track. Nah, this is, this is funny as shit. Ba- Michael Jackson, not on my song. <laughs> Man, they should've had him throughout the whole album. Yeah, they outrapped Big Boy and Andre. <laughs> All right, there's not much to say about that. Not really. That, it's really just song. sun on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Tone of Tome the boom. Of the boom. It's, a, it's probably my least favorite song of them, despite featuring so many other people. But it's definitely a yeah. very... I didn't really like this song. It was it was kind of okay, but it's just like, compared to like all the other songs, it wasn't as good. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, reintroducing themselves. Like, you know, we're from the A, like, you know... Mm-hmm. This is what we do. This is what we, you know, this is what we bow type stuff. Yeah. Um, they might have experimented, but this is who they are right here. Yeah, like one of the people on the they album. ATL niggas. I never even knew that his name was Little Brother. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know. Little who? Little Brother. I don't even know. But he's only, um, he's only in Outcast songs. I'm pretty sure um, <clears throat> Little Brother verse 2 is Big Boy's uh, brother. That nobody knows. Damn. But he 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 just appears on the appears on some tracks. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Alright, for the next song, we got E Mac. This is the interview right here. Yeah, like, uh, sorry. Um, I mean, it's just like, you know. This wasn't much. I mean, not really. That's just like re re um emphasizing. But it's four lines. Reemphasizing where they're from, where they're from. I mean, and just like. Yeah, this is it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they already did that with like the last song. So oh, was it really needed to repeat this? Yeah, it's just really good. I don't know, I like it. Liked it. I don't even I don't actually right. know who that was on the interlude, but I actually liked it. Some interludes be seeming too long. Next song we got is Knowing. Features Andre on this one. Mm-hmm. He has the hook. Definitely. And he did that well. It's called mm-hmm. The Art of Storytelling Part 3. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. The storytelling element was, like, really important in this song. It was, like, a key part of this song. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, you know, kind of really telling them, like, re-reintroducing them to what they actually are. Like, they're they're more than just what's expected when you hear the name Outcast or, like, anything that... I don't know how weird people usually expect from them. It's definitely important in, as the song. And yeah, just, you know, really, really pushing that in. Yeah, I really like this song also. It, it was like, it's one of my, it's also one of my favorites. It's like Ghetto Music with Andre 3000 because the word manipulation was just really on point, really key. Yeah, I mean, both their... One of the highlights of the song. Yeah, both of their, um, both of their parts are just, like, very well done. They definitely mm-hmm. um, feeds off each other. They definitely work well together. Easily work mm-hmm. well together. Alright, next song is Flip Flop Rock. Flip Flop Rock. This is probably, probably the most commercial of the actual like rap rap songs where people are really, really throwing out verses. Fishes, mm-hmm. Jay-Z. Kind of just like really... I don't know. It's just like they talk about very political things while also switching up their style and switching up their... Um, own complexity when they're writing so it's like very important mm-hmm. to show that like rap isn't just like a very basic thing it's a very complicated multifaceted thing that has many different things to offer and kind of mm-hmm. kind of saying it's valid you know mm-hmm. I thought this song was like a really interesting concept the way that like switched up each other's flows I think I kind of thought Big Boy sounded like Andre it was, I wasn't too sure and I felt like this song right here was another like example of them trying to flex their like rapping power. It's trying to like flex how good they are at rapping. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like when three people like that hop on the track. But another thing is like, Jay Z's known for being like the one of the rappers, <laughs> like like Eastern rappers, like New York mm-hmm. rap. When Outkast is considered Dirty South, and is like obviously the Out West rap, so. You know the big beef that took place between all of them. It uh, kind of shows like all of them on the same track, just rapping for fun, like literally fun, because they've already accomplished things. Like it just shows how like dedicated they are to the game and how like important 
that type of relation is within rap. Yeah, it wasn't really like the rappers pushing the rap, like the coast to coast beef. It was like more like the media stuff because yeah. the rappers together didn't really like they actually liked each other. Yeah, not to mention like I mean it's not like they would fly out just to see these people, just to beef mm-hmm. with them. Like who's going to fly out just to beef with somebody? Like that's so dumb. Yeah, because so you dumb. know Tupac and Biggie, they they used to be friends before like yeah, the whole beef cool. that happened before he got shot. Yeah, and make Tupac paranoid. Alright, next thing is the interlude. I mean, interlude. yeah, it's just literally another interlude. Yeah, it's just it's just an interlude. it's not really not yeah, much. Yeah, I to mean, say it's here. just like kind of restarting, um, <clears throat> reemphasizing how kind of outhast is. There was a lot of speculation in like the relationship between Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy, mm-hmm. especially with them like splitting up to do individual albums. There's a bunch of like, like are they beefing or? Something like that when whole times are just like they're cool. Like they're always yeah, they're just busy be, with their own things. Yeah, they're just busy with their own things. Like people have separate lives from like what their main focus is. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next song is Reset. Yeah, Reset. It's just like, I don't want to say sad songs, but it's like very mellow, um, very vibey. Mm-hmm. Got Goody yeah. over there and CeeLo Green just really like kind of really pushing that just like cool like that's something else that you know pimps are about outcasts about big boys about like just that type of vibe and song yeah i thought this song was also pretty deep to be honest yeah and a lot really like especially the 90s vibe about it. especially see like part. the 90s r&b vibe yeah that's what i got from out this song it's like kind of like 90s r&b vibe something like all that. right next song is an interlude called d-boy D-Boy is just, like, really emphasizing, once again, like, you know, what's it, what is it to be mm-hmm. part of the, <laughs> part of the life in the, as a, like, as growing up in, like, ghetto ATO, and, like, really, yeah, thought, really the neighborhoods around there. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty, pretty funny interlude, pretty, like, important, because it's just, like, like, where they came from, like, yeah, how their hood operated, because that, that was kind of funny. I was talking about how the dude borrows from him, and he like he borrowed from a dude, and he then he wanted it back like a fucking two hours later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last call is just like kind of bringing back the player, kind of like putting the player back into what it mean to be a dude boy, what it mean to be like part of that life once again, just like another aspect of what it's like to be, you know, like gangster back then, like what they're about, and just you know what it is to be that dude, you know. Mm-hmm. The D boy. Alright, next song is Last Call. Yeah. Shoot, Last Call too with it. It's like really emphasizing what it means to, you know, be one of them. And really like, to be know, honest. Trying, like, really showing who they are and be like, yeah, like, I'm that dude. To be honest, I ain't really like this song like that. True, I like this song. Oh, my I thought it was kind of long for me, dog. Kind of long is four minutes. The, I I don't know why it just felt long to me. It was regular, but I like I like the beat. The beat was yeah, it's like it was definitely definitely like one of the different more different ones. But I definitely feel like mm-hmm. I mean the verses could have been better, especially the first the first verse wasn't that good. Not gonna lie, but I feel like they made it they made it they made it better as the song progressed. Bowtie postlude, um, you know, just kind of like a regular old outro. To the song, and yeah. kind of, it's really kind of ironic how it just automatically switches from bow tie kind of. Actually, it kind of serves as a transition song into less of the pimp and more into um, speak mm-hmm. uh, the love below. Um, kind of allows yeah. for that transition to be smooth, um, rather than starting from like a really aggressive, like, like mm-hmm. very showful. He kind of calmed down a little bit. Calmed down a little bit. And, like, you know, like, you know, know what we're about. Now for The Love Below. Yeah, starting The Love Below. A lot of people think it's, like, a very kind of low-key R&B album. I don't think so. I think it's still, like, very much rap. Um, Yeah. mm, I I kind of beg to differ. I mean, a lot of the songs are definitely songy. But... Yeah, they they're really also are, just like, like musically inclined, 
more than like singing, you know? Like usually when people think of song, they think of like chorus, people singing, like a lot of showfulness in the voice, uh, less than like, like musically. All right, my favorite song up here was the last one, A Life in a Day of the Oh yeah, no, that was, that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, I like uh, She Lives in My Lap a lot. I was like, damn, this is my heat. Yeah, no, that one definitely is. Like, Nick was just talking about his life, and I was like, damn, this is actually kind of fire. Like, when he just goes off, and it just starts, like, mm-hmm. rapping, and then just, like, transfers in and out of just, like, what he is. Mm-hmm. Like, how he came to be. Yeah, like, I mean, he's definitely involved with the gangster. Like, he is one in the whole, like, group or whatever, but this is a complete different perspective than that of Big Boy, and I appreciate that a lot. Alright, for the intro, the intro wasn't much. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty okay. Yeah, the piano sounded good, and I thought, like, when he was saying about where the flower grows, I thought he was like, it was kind of like, how do you say a metaphor for love, you feel me? Yeah. Yeah, like, where, you know, where is he actually going to be when, it low-key kind of points to his quote-unquote pimpness. You know, some say Atlanta, some say New York, some say Paris, France. Kind of shows, mm-hmm. like, all the places he is, all the places. This flower represents, like, what he kind of pictures as the actual one despite all the others, which makes sense to me. It's pretty pretty, mm-hmm. pretty hard to pick out from just, like, 20-something words, but it definitely, definitely it can be seen. Yeah. I feel like the fl- what you're talking about, like... Where this flower grows, I feel like he was talking about maybe like either himself or the album, That's like true. him growing over this whole album, or like That's true. That's true this too. like the start of this album from like from a seed to the last part, which is like him and like him being finally being a flower and how he like grew up up like over his life, yeah, in his career. First actual song on this album is "Love Hater." Love Hater, it's pretty good. It's just like also very musically inclined, uh, mm-hmm. very pretty jazzy, pretty soundy. Definitely very soulful, which I appreciate. Especially for like a intro song, you think it's gonna be something very loud. You think it's gonna be taking your attention away, but this one kind of like leads you right mm-hmm. in, leads you like kind of like opens the door for you, takes your order, sits you down. You know, kind of waiting for you to really be introduced to the rest of it. Yeah, I thought this is actually pretty. Like, fun kind of song. It's yeah. pretty jazzy. I thought it was a like, seamless transition from, like, when we were talking about the flowers to, like, this love song. Yeah. But then he was he started talking about how everybody needed to quit acting hard and shit before they get their ass from. And I was like, wow, that's actually kind of pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I mean, it's kind of chill to me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, y'all stop wilding, you know. Like, we're cool, you know. You think it's pretty chill? It's, like, it's pretty chill. That he pretty... threatens to get his ass whipped? Yeah. It's like, you know, this is mm-hmm. very, a very calm like a calm power you know mm-hmm. uh, like yeah i'm like i have people or whatever like i could do i can be i can be that speaker box dude but i can also be all this <laughs> all right for the next song is the god interlude god interlude it was interesting very interesting i thought it was funny it was definitely funny um <laughs> except for that one time in japan you know god hey 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 don't count do it it kind of, it definitely <laughs> speaks to the Love Below's intro and, like, you know, mm-hmm. quote-unquote how he's everywhere mm-hmm. and, like, what that means and just kind of really building on from other songs, which is something a lot of people don't know, don't do mm-hmm. and don't know and definitely builds to what he was trying to say in the album as a whole. A hit does count. It's cheating. Um, oh, I don't think that's what you're <laughs> supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty I mean, good interlude. I mean, it's actually it though, pretty funny. Does it count? But it does count. It does count. It does. Y'all heard it first, it folks. Y'all heard it first here. <laughs> All right, for the next song, Happy Valentine's Day. In my opinion, um, it's not talked about enough. Um, his verse is very good on this one. Oh In yes, I really opinion. like verse four out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, that's the only verse there is for real. Other than him saying Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's actually, very, actually what it is. It's very, like, built... It's very... It built up very, um... Over a long, 
long time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, build up through the first three verses and then the fourth is like, you know, this is actually what he is. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, this is my final form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, thought, I thought it was a pretty interesting beat for the song. Yeah. Very experimental, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, it worked. Mm-hmm. I thought this, like, song was him, like, talking about how, like, love is fleeing. It was like, you know, like, you know, this like, there's not true love out here. Maybe, like, we need to get together, baby. That kind of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the next song, we got Spread. Spread. Um, that is one of the best guitars. I mean, I guess, not guitars, uh, drum solos. That, um, did a lot of, just like a lot of songs in general. Very unique, very upbeat. Um, and this message is very low-key, very sexual, low-key. But. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's like spread. It's very, I mean, it's a good song. It's a good song, in my opinion. Like, I like it. But I know a lot of people might not. We feel like this is a sex song. You feel like you played this during sex. No, I wouldn't. But this is like, you know, it, what it is. You know, this is this guy. Like, you know, it's what he wants. It is what it is. It de- definitely is what it is. It definitely points to, like, the overall theme of the album. Mm-hmm. Next song is just an interlude. And it's Where lusty, are my lusty intentions. I mean, I mean, obviously, these next few songs are tied together. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the whole album is a story. But Spread, Where My Panties, Prototype, it's just like that kind of one-night stand relationship thing type thing mm-hmm. where, you know, they wake up the next morning, Where Are My Panties is the next interlude. Like, dang, like... Is yeah, I thought this, it was kind of like, funny. What, like, what do I think of this person? They're basically thinking the opposite of each other and kind of speaking to gender mm-hmm. perception how either gender perceives the other mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people don't think of that stuff when you're when you're writing music especially interludes mm-hmm. so I found that, between, definitely found that interesting the thoughts of t- between two people at their one night stand yeah exactly like you know people would think it's just a oh not very mindful activity or whatever but mm-hmm. definitely definitely deeper than it's advertised yeah, yeah. Be an insightful hoe. Yeah, this is where I like first got a clue how this is like a storytelling album. Yeah. Because he ties into Ice Cold like a lot than his whole album. Yeah, I mean it just definitely uses Ice Cold again. During hey uh, um, and speaks to this like, Andre Two Thousand and uh, Big Boy actually do a lot of nicknaming and you know I am this I am that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, having sub names was like a really important thing back then. Yeah, having like sub rap names, kind of using it excessively, kind of speaks to that, mm-hmm. and like how they change it around, like how Wu Tang really be themselves. Yeah, yeah. And right, Wu Tang Clan had like separate names, or like maybe yeah, like, it's like, dang, like you're getting hit by you're getting hit by all these different types mm-hmm. of one person, like kind of speaking to their individual individuality and um kind of their breath really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely yeah our next song is prototype prototype it's one of my favorite songs um heavy on the guitar heavy on the like heavy on the vibe for real mm-hmm. it's like very personal very intimate and yeah i mean it's very singy mm-hmm. i hope you're not expecting a, like, I mean, a full no. rap for this it's like i mean but it's also like kind of speaks to the i guess sensitivity mm-hmm. of of People like you wouldn't expect this guy who's part of, you know, like Outcast or like uh, a Dirty South um, group to be thinking these types of things. It's not what you would typically um, personify them, like personify their brains as thinking, but definitely points to the death once again of uh, this type of personality and just how real it is, how human it is. Mm-hmm. I thought this song was like actually pretty catchy, well, compared definitely. to like most of the other songs in this album because mm-hmm. you know, I mean they're really easy to know. Yeah, like really understand and really comprehend two different things. You can kind of tell why they released this as a single because you know they need to get this on the radio. They need to get this popping. Get like yeah, more like and it's attraction like to the albums. You're not seeing the entire album. It's kind of like, kind of mm-hmm. a hint to what the love low was going to be. How mysterious mm-hmm. builds like tension between before like actual release or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. that. 
Like so, they release like different yeah. songs from like different parts of the album, but, like different feels to them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Next song is "She Lives in My Lap." Oh yeah, one of my favorite songs, easily. Biology three thousand period. Just like I mean, definitely speaks on intention, and is kind of like very blunt intention. It's just not like, I mean, technically it's like his inner self thinking that, but at the same time, just like kind of hiding it and really masking his own intentions. Um, definitely sexual, but very low key about it. But you know, kind of like like. I only want you for this and not for like marriage or whatever, which was expected or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the next base in an actual yeah. relationship. Yeah, I mean it's definitely definitely like blatant, blatantly that and yeah, kind of like out front about it. Yeah. Instead of what other people would just like assume as like some type of whole lifestyle, it's just like being very blunt. Like I'm gonna tell you, that mm-hmm. this is what it is type stuff. You know. Uh huh. He like kind of emphasized that by that she lives in my lap line. Yeah. Yeah, especially saying like that, like, you know, only things that go on your lap are really, like, not subdued, but submissive and almost owned, but that's another, that's another story. It's another mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah, for the next song, we have Hey Ya. This is a classic hey right here. Definitely a classic. classic. Um, Definitely one of the better known Outcast songs. Even though, like, literally, I remember in an interview, Andre Thousand was saying that the four chords used to play Hey Out or the first four guitar chords he'd ever learned. So it definitely seems like mm-hmm. kind of like a novice vibe, but like to me, Andre Thibault is just like a genius musically anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's very simple yet complex in, in its message. Its message is quite ironic from the uh, kind of like upbeat chorus and sing-songy verse, but the whole time is talking about, like, the darkness within relationships and stuff, mm-hmm. stuff you would never expect from such an upbeat song like this. Yeah, I used to know how to play this on my trombone. True? Yeah, back in, like, fucking high school. Should've relearned it. I yeah, should. I, mean, I don't have no fucking trombone. I mean... You um, used to play this, this at, like, rallies. Like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. people know it, so, like, you know, especially during, like, of Dirty course. South, like, that's where, um... Like football is college football is huge in the south, so like mm-hmm. band songs are especially important. Another thing about this is just like uh it really was one of the first times rappers were deliberately singing mm-hmm. like versing songs um instead of like straight rapping, having all this like straight rap stuff in there, which would be considered like straight rap, straight this straight that hey, I was a very poppy vibe very like appealing to like mainstream stuff mm-hmm. mainstream but like not mainstream in it's like message like you never hear mainstream stuff that is really really rooted in like emotional things mm-hmm. would you say this is the most singy like kind of song on this album singy i mean it depends on what you define singy as i mean she lives in my lap is really all sing he kind of doesn't rap much in this song but also like I like the way you move is very singy, despite having verses. Like the main part you hear is the singing. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. It's very, it is very singy. Because in this song, he really didn't have much like rapping parts. More like more singing. You feel me? Yeah. What's cool and like, cool? It's still like it's still like I can do both. Ice cold. I said, what's cooler than cool? Ice cold. Next song is Roses. Another Roses, classic. Um, definitely back to back with the classics. Mm-hmm. Big Boy's actually featured in this one. And yeah, just like kind of speaks to some um, some stubbornness that is a, like at they see in their eyes um, from like their relationships or whatever. I'm calling Caroline like a really. A physically pleasing person with a really ass like attitude and like persona mm-hmm. it's like beautifully like but uh beautiful but um very unattractive what i got from this is the, is a question and that's do roses really stink yeah i mean they kind of do you smell you smell roses before i never really smelled yeah, roses it before really stink. it doesn't really stink it doesn't smell good they don't smell good 
Yeah, no, it's just like, yeah. I haven't smelled a good rose. Like, people always assume that roses smell good, but they don't. Yeah, I never really smelled roses they before. Don't. All right, next song is an interlude. Good day, good sir. Yeah, it just it kind of like just leads into the next song and like good day, good sir goes straight into like behold a lady that kind of medieval like talking medieval like approach which is um uh, I don't want to say deep but very knowledgeable of like medieval times mm-hmm. kind of the romantic period of time like you know Romeo Juliet type scene mm-hmm. stuff like that. When, pe- when men were still gentlemen's. Mm-hmm. I feel I don't know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. All right. The actual song that this transitions into is "Behold a Lady." Yeah, "Behold a Lady." I mean, it's just very. It's actually very. Uh, his class is very old with very new, mm-hmm. so that kind of futuristic sounds with like oldie oldie sound. Yeah, it kind of like mixes in like high class kind of. Like style, mixture like the low class. He's talking about aristocrats. Yeah. He's talking about funk. Yeah. All that definitely type of using shit. like the olden language with like a new sound, mm-hmm. which is very visual of what Outcast is. Just like always innovating. That's just a big thing in rap in general. Yeah, always, always trying to change. Always making new songs, new sounds. Yeah, build lady. It's the next song. Um, starts off with like uh, Aaliyah's um, old joint resound, reimaged, and you know, like the voice of Andre. And just kind of like literally, quite literally talks about his uh, kind of want for a relationship with someone older than him. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I guess, to, I guess there's some type of beauty in maturity. It's like a mature, very experienced type person that. Is this guy's fantasization? My next song is called Pink and Blue. Yeah, same thing with Pink and Blue. Yes, um, one older woman, a yeah, cougar, just, a milf, a gilf. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. The men live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is, to be honest. He wanted gifts with somebody's grandmother. Not grandmother, but like older. No, no, no. He said gray hairs. He definitely said, people's people's moms have like gray hairs. Like it's middle age. Middle age is like which isn't weird because like Andre two thousand like he's like fifty right now, and that was this was made like fourteen ish years ago. It's like the age difference wouldn't be that bad. Middle age is like forty. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, just like forty year old dudes trying to get with eighteen year olds, and that's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Rather, like, it be an adult and an adult. Mm-hmm. Rather than somebody looking up the ladder than the old guy looking down the ladder. Right. Next song is called Love and War. Love and War. I mean, it's very kind of, kind of cliche, kind of basic to me. But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Not to say it's a bad song, because it's not like, mm-hmm. bad or anything. But, yeah, definitely kind of like, I don't want to say a filler song, but definitely leading into the next few songs. Kind of like... The kind of more, I want to say experimental, but like guitar-like experimental. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Using more guitar, using more. Not um, the overly like, like some like, off of like, really old Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just like stringy instruments from Japan. Yeah, there's definitely definitely a lot of, um, range in this album in terms mm-hmm. of like music, which I appreciate. Yeah, you can go straight to She's Alive, though. Um, to start getting into kind of the portion where he's talking about his earlier side. Um, same with Big, you know, he's kind of like revealing the inner thoughts, inner experiences and memories of, you know, someone in this life. But in this in this uh, song, he's looking at the perspective of his own mom, like, raising him uh, and, like, all the struggles and stuff she knows and that he knows that she had to go to. And yeah, kind of like also shows Andre's own feeling for his mom. Like he know he knows he's not some hard shell that you know can't be lifted or whatever. He actually sees his mom. Like he knows everybody mm-hmm. loves their moms. Yeah, I feel like I'm like she's alive. You're like this song is included because it's like 
your mother is like your first love. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. Cause like Freaky. your mom's mom like raised you and shit. You trying to show like appreciation for his mother in this song. Yeah. Yeah, some good like storytelling elements in this song. Love to see it. Yeah. Next song is Dracula's Wedding. I thought it was kind of a great song for me. Very uh, experimental. I wouldn't say it's like weird to me. No, it was weird to me. It makes perfect sense to me. But like. I see why it would be on here, but it was kind of weird. Like the topic. I mean, think of like that more medieval part Mm -hmm. of time we were getting into and like how all these songs are still kind of themed despite being shuffled a certain way in the album. Um, but I definitely think, like, this song has its place in the album, kind of tying in both that love and medieval-type feel together. And then this point in time's talk coming from, like, the opposition's point of view rather than, like, the person going in. <laughs> kind of like a positive... Instead of, like, a positive note, it's kind of the perspective of the bad, bad guy or whatever, like, from Dracula's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just really thought like the song was weird. I was like, "What the fuck?" It's bro. You got you got give it a few listens. You got give it a few listens, uh, and definitely start making, definitely start making sense. The next song is an interlude titled "The Letter." Uh, this song really just is a bridge between the last song and the next song. To be honest. Yeah, it's just emphasizing how he lost his song. Like he lost his love. I mean. Yeah. But, what he thought was his love. Yeah, and it just leads to the next song. Which isn't really a things. song. It isn't a song. It's just an instrumental. But it's my favorite thing. So everybody knows that song. But yeah. I liked it. It was fire. It yeah, clever spin. Yeah, it definitely, definitely has its, definitely has its uh, space in the album. Um, and definitely yeah. is a good way to lead into the next song. Definitely. Next song is Take Off It Cool. Another really like really mellow song, really heartfelt kind of have this kind of this real self. Yeah. Um, very human. To like be yourself. Um Yeah. Yeah. Take off like literally take off your cool like everybody wants to appear a certain way to others, but like who's actually behind that being Yeah. And like, you know, not everybody can say that, not every rapper can say that, mm-hmm. especially like People think they have to keep this persona up forever. Yeah, you know? and this is like, this album's like a personification of like, Andre trying to like be himself. So like, do things he wants to do instead of yeah. like, what other instead people of being this, being this ATL rapper. Mm-hmm. Definitely separating, definitely separating because kind of necessary to really be yourself. Yeah, because he want to be seen as, like, yeah, just an ATL space. rapper. He want to be seen as, like, himself. As seen as, like, Andre yeah, 3000. Like an artistic, a, a icon type. An artiste. All right, next song is Vibrate. Vibrate. It's a very simple song. About kind masturbation. Of... Hey, hey, um. We can't yeah. use that word? We can't yes. use that word? I mean, can you? I don't know. We probably, we probably could. I'll mark it as explicit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really yeah, have much I to mean, say about this song. Yeah, not really. It's just um, about masturbation. Yeah, um, a lot of people know this, but, well, you won't really realize it in the album, but Vibrate, it's drum pattern, it's just She Lives in My Lap backwards. Kind of just like, it's She Lives in My Lap for a specific reason. Kind of like the themes of She Lives in My Lap are more sexual mm-hmm. and like Vibrate being um kind of about masturbation and like the theme with it kind of and the flipping of she lives in my lap kind of validates that validates mm-hmm. those same vibes and like i mean yeah it definitely fits it into the album yeah this is basically like the end basically the end of like this like kind of like the storytelling arc of this whole album yeah definitely like especially she lives in my lap like Vibrate being about like not letting yourself be controlled, mm-hmm. um, and she lived in my lap being more of a possessive type song like, yeah, we are this way, we will be this way type stuff. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. All right. Last and finally, last he, song is called "A Life in the Day" of Benjamin Andre. Easily, easily my favorite song on the album. This is my favorite song um, too. Well, this part of the album. 
He really like shows his like actual lyrical prowess yeah, in this part like, of the song. He has very few times where he has to, but he can always just pull out. He can always just pull out his ability, his really lyrical side, and like storytells the entire time. Yeah, just straight one straight verse the whole time. Literally, 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 his entire life, kind of as soon as he got prominent in his career, and specifically a basically speaks of a relationship with somebody um, mm-hmm. over a long period of time and like his life at that time yeah yeah this, this is easily one of my favorite songs of this album yeah it was a nice way to end it definitely definitely um, leading us on it's been definitely a long time since the album came out we were still mm-hmm. waiting for like a solo Andre album hoping for a, a complete version of a life in the day of uh, Benjamin Andre and just like how the life of the day changes over time, like changes from his earlier days when he was kind of like a pimp, like following the crowd type stuff to, you know, kind of getting into more artistic things that have more personal um, artistic things that matter to him. Mm-hmm. All right. So now our conclusion statements. You want to go mm-hmm. first with me? Well, I mean, I can just go. I mean, uh, it's one of my favorite albums for a reason. It's great. Really shows two different sides to a big old story. Definitely holds a lot of slept on songs like in, in hip-hop history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think are important for people to hear and for people to keep hearing. It definitely has big play view, uh, playthrough value like and replay value. Like You will be listening to this once you like, really hear it. Mm-hmm. Um definitely like it's definitely in my playlist all the time I always play this album I love it and it definitely influenced a lot of hip hop artists especially in the A especially in the South yeah and for me this album The Speaker Box and The Love Below I feel like this is a really important album in like rap history because it's like it really showed like a turning point for like the, the career of Outkast and like Andre and Big Boy and this album would not be the same without, like, the two of their, like, separate sounds being together. Because it wouldn't be Outkast. It would just be Big Boy and Andre. And I feel like yeah. it has something for everybody. You know, like, Big Boy's, like, ATL sound and, like, Andre's experimental sound. Like, sing-songy songs and, like, club songs and, like, you know, the songs, you know, to have the dirty with. So I feel like yeah. it's, just, it's, like, songs for everybody here. And I think... You know, like, The Love Below is, like, a kind of, like, a metaphor for, like, like the fall of love. Like, him falling in love. It's, like, him going down and down deeper into, like, the whole of love. Starting from, like, him maybe, like, looking into it, seeing, like, you know, a girl he wants to see. And him, like, falling down from, like, first, first meeting her, loving her, being in a relationship to, like, actually falling down. Because in the end, it talks about, you know, like, vibrate. It's just, like... Matt, what do you think about masturbation? Think of like being alone, like somebody like real sad, like stuff like that. It's just a really nice way, like to end the album. Yeah. Mm. Now time for ratings. Oh, ten out of ten for me. Ten out of ten, easy. Yeah, I ten out of ten, easy. For oh. me, for me, I give be that. like nice. Or anything, for me, but for me, I give it nine out of ten. I feel like that changes over time. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe a few good. more listens. I changed my mind, yeah. but for now, like, I'm especially especially when you keep like listening, keep listening, keep hearing different things. I mean, um, definitely has replay value. I definitely feel like, you know, you have different times when you have different uh, favorite songs from the album. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely feel like it's very multifaceted in that, and uh, it's just very, very important, um, and different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it speaks on a lot of different things while also being good. Like, it's not basic. Yeah, yeah. It really, like, show, like, the differences of what rap could be in the future. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, like, a really good, really big turning point in, like, the rap community. Yeah. I feel like it really showed other rappers that, like, they could, like, be experimental. They could be themselves. They can do, they don't have to, like, commit to like the same sound and I feel like we need like this kind of album like the new day and age you know yeah definitely mm-hmm. I have not heard an album that 
did the same thing, um, did the same thing, the big melting pot of things that this album did as a whole, um, and as definitely. well as it did. So I definitely appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah. All right. I guess that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Great album. Um, great reviewing it. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love this album. Outcast for real. It's it's really really good. Yeah. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. All that. Thank you for listening. Always, always supporting us. Um, in this in this venture. Yes. Um. Definitely please really. donate. Please follow us on social media. All that. All that. Mm-hmm. Disco service now. Wow. Go join that, please. Yeah. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Talk about other rap heads about great. rap music. To be honest. All that. Yeah. Me producers, yep. rappers themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. This has been the Lyrical Rock Podcast. I'll see you again. Thanks.